welcome to the 2019 Golden Globe Awards. Yeah. Yeah. We are going to have some fun, give out some awards, and one lucky audience member will host the Oscars. Welcome back to this edition of the Confident Communications Podcast. I am your host, Molly McPherson. Today's topic, as you heard from the opening clip, is about the 76th annual Golden Globe Awards that aired this week on NBC. Now, it's never fun to discuss award shows by yourself, so I brought in my good pal, Mary Mitchell. She's a longtime friend from my Washington, D.C. days. She was GSA to my FEMA. We shared the same friends, book club, and a love for all things pop culture and political gossip. I miss that D.C. book club so much. But fortunately, I still have good friends from D.C. like Mary who like to keep up on all things pop culture for people <clears throat> our age. Now, this episode does not follow the usual model of post-award show reviews. We don't talk about who or what or who deserved to win a globe or not. This episode focuses on the reputation or brand point of view. More specific, did the publicist succeed with promoting the brand of their client or did something happen where a publicist had to work overtime to clean up the reputation of their client? In public relations terms, this means who was on message at the Golden Globes and who was off message. Whether you watch the program or not, I know you have opinions about the films in the Oscar race and the television shows you stream on Netflix. But do you have an opinion about whether Chrissy Metz from the NBC program This Is Us called Allison Brie a bee or not from the red carpet? I certainly do. And that is what today's episode is all about. Our top and bottom picks, who was on message and who was way off. Hello, Mary. Hello, Molly. Thank you for joining me on this post-Golden Globes episode where we recap the Golden Globes from last night. Did you watch the episode in its entirety? Of course I did. From start to finish, it was great. You did. Now, were you tired at the end, or am I the only person feeling my age? No, absolutely. It was way past my bedtime, but <laughs> it, was. it was a great show. But overall, uh, you and I today are going to talk about our views of, of the Golden Globes. And I explained in the introduction that I'm approaching this episode from a publicist, uh, public relations, public opinion point of view, and that you and I right off the bat want to stipulate that we are not film critics. We are not people that spend all our, times watching, all, all our time watching Netflix and Amazon Prime. <laughs> Correct. But that is a dream come true to be here with you today, just to be able to, you know, give my two cents after being an avid pop culture watcher for so many years and just to chat with you, Molly. So it's a terrific. dream come true. That sounds like it's straight out of a publicist's mouth, Mary. Oh, thank you. <laughs> but you and I are, though, uh, avid pop culture followers. Absolutely. Absolutely. From a Gen X point of view. Because it's fascinating, because there's so much going on in every bit of gossip and every 
telecast there is. Yes. And for people to understand, and I did explain in the introduction how you and I know each other, but I could say the reason why I chose you to do this podcast with me is because I think our love of television, movies, and pop, pop culture are in sync. And we do love books because that's where we met is in a book club. But also you and I would never shy away from a good blind, a blind gossip item. Absolutely not. So much interesting stuff in there. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So let's just dive in to last night's episode. So we both watched the show in its entirety. And I want to hear your feedback on who had a great night and who had a not so good night. So I want to hear your top picks for who stayed on message and your bottom picks for who went off message from the viewer perspective, just the public opinion perspective. Are you game? You bet. All right. So let's jump in and we'll start with you. Let's start with your top picks. So who had a good night? Well, first off, um, I love the tone that Andy Samberg and Sandra O oh said. I thought that it was just brilliant to sort of, you know, play up the, um, the strengths of the audience and talk about what a, you know, beautiful snack Michael B. Jordan is and talk about, you know, kind of like, you know, stroke him a little bit and make everybody feel good and not sort of take them down a peg. And it ended up being really refreshing because we're used to hearing a lot of snark out of these uh, telecasts. Oh, absolutely. And I will say that my pick for someone that had a good night, I was going to pair up Sandra O oh and Andy Sandberg together because I, you know, looking at all the reviews, and I share this, overall, they had a good night. Yeah, they kept the tone very light, correct? Don't you think it was very shiny, happy people? Very fun, very fun evening. And yeah, and not looking for uh, anybody's flaws, just looking to have an enjoyable evening. I think Sandberg said something about like, everybody's a little depressed right now after 2018, and it's time to have a little enjoyment. When, when they started right off the gate, uh, you knew that they were going to keep it light. Now, they did talk about race and diversity, and I think Sandra Oh in particular um, immediately made those comments when she started talking about uh, Crazy Rich Asians and how Emma Stone played, you know, we haven't had Asians in a movie since Emma Stone <laughs> in Aloha. And I thought that set the tone, but it made me think about the war room at the Golden Globes prior to this broadcast. Like someone sitting down with a pad of paper and said, what's our theme going to be? Well, how are we going to play this? And what are we going to do? And they chose safe. And it's only in the Golden Globes that Emma Stone could then like shout out, I'm sorry for Aloha because it's an informal, crazy sort of loosey-goosey podcast. Presentation. Yeah, same casting when it happened. Did you know that she shouted that out during the broadcast or only in the clips afterwards? Only in the clips afterward. Yeah, same thing. I, I, I didn't hear that as well. So my then, so we'll kick off there with my number one is that Sandra O, oh, Andy Samberg, overall played it safe. I thought they were witty. And Sandra O, oh, I mean, talk about someone really elevating her, her brand in one night. I know that she did, she has a lot of good acclaim from, from Killing Eve and of course from Grey's Anatomy, but oh my gosh, to see the progression and who she competed against, I'm sure Julia Roberts was sitting there gnashing her teeth yeah. thinking, I lost this. I think it nominated for film role and now I lost this, but Sandra, oh, definitely on my list. 
Yeah, and Julia was forced into a sort of quite a bit of quietude last night. She really <laughs> didn't <laughs> have- I love that. Yeah. So if you're a Julia Roberts publicist, well, you know, what is your angle? I think the only angle I saw that she had was she requested the last slot on the E red carpet with Ryan Seacrest. Like, I think that was the last publicist move that said, Julia is going to be the last before we go to the broadcast. Good intel. I didn't realize that. But other than that, yeah, the, didn't hear much from her. No, not at all. Now, what do you think? Who was, your, who was one of your choices? My number one pick would be, I'd say Glenn Close. I just thought she knocked it out of the park. She was elegant. She was um, properly sort of moved by, the, by her um, award. She was very gracious to her competitors, but her mess and her message was just, you know, empowering for all women and something everybody can kind of relate to, you know, that as women we're taught to be nurturers, but um, we really can't give up on our dreams. And I think that just resonates with everybody. And she was really smart to hit like repeatedly her 45 years in the industry, you know, as she sets herself up for Oscar, because she, you know, she is the, she is the veteran, you know, she is the, the, the experienced hand who hasn't gotten an Oscar yet, I think. Uh, oh, I feel like I have a memory of her standing with an Oscar. Did she get one? Maybe it was for the natural, but she did get, she did not win for Fatal Attraction. No, she didn't. And speaking of Fatal Attraction, I thought when Glenn Close won, I thought the highlight of her, her thank you remarks is when she passed by Michael Douglas. And I thought, look at that. That's a friendly um, acknowledgement of Dan Gallagher from Alex Forrest from Fatal Attraction. And I thought that was uh, unique in terms of Gen X culture. But then when she got on stage and she was genuinely emotional, and why I liked her speech so much and why it resonated with me is because it was authentic. It did not seem written from a publicist's point of view or she sat down with a group of people and said, what theme should I carry out? Should I bring up Time's Up or you know, the Me Too movement, movement? And I felt that her message was simply about empowering women. And I think what made me really perk up, and this was late in the night, is when she talked about her mother who was in her 80s said that she felt that she hadn't accomplished anything in life and that had sublimated herself to her father. That, that made me sit up and listen. And the message that she was stating for just the every woman, I thought was remarkable. It, it really landed with me. I can say the same. I loved it. Yes. Okay. So then who else is on your list? I have to say Jeff Bridges. I thought he did a great job as sort of expanding that brand. I mean, Big Lebowski, maybe that's him. Maybe it's a persona, but he has absolutely like his, his chill persona that kind of reaches out to everybody and tries to empower everybody. He's got that down. It's uh, it's, if it, and he also, you know, kind of kept his priorities straight by including his family really prominently in the beginning of a speech. And um, I just thought he was great. often imitated, but he's the real deal. Oh, he is the real deal. Did you notice Lloyd Bridges? Uh, no, Lloyd is the father. Uh, Bo Bridges. Did you notice Bo when he was on stage? What did you think about Bo when he was watching his brother get the Lifetime Cecil B. DeMille Award? I, I think that there, you can sense a little bit of any, any brother dynamic there that maybe there's a little, I mean, especially when they're in the same industry and everything, but um he seemed genuinely happy for him. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I The Jeff Bridges uh, moment, uh, I will admit, made me nervous. 
Like you, you watch it on the edge of your seat because you don't know where he's going or what he's talking about, or will they give him the hook at some point? You know, will he, yeah. Will will they worry that he's gone off on a dementia moment or something and right. they don't know if they, they can con- control he, it? He, he was heading somewhere and you weren't quite sure where, but then he stuck the landing and he got, you know, he came out with, you know. The landing. That's very good. That's exactly what he did. He was, he was full on Jeff Bridges, I thought, and was definitely living up to his cemented brand of the Big Lebowski or, the, you know, the dude, right? <laughs> it was great. I loved, I loved him. So the other person that I th- thought had a very good night right off the bat was Jim Carrey. Loved seeing him and he, he looked great. He, um, and I thought it was very unexpected because I think it's, it's pretty well known that right now he's gone a little off the rails that he's, he's the eccentric Jim Carrey, as opposed to the lovable, happy Jim Carrey of liar, liar kind of fame. Right. And (laughs) yes, exactly. Not quite. And a little bit of a wild card, but when Andy Samberg immediately went to him, I, I don't know. I felt this moment of, okay, I'm, I'm a little worried, but I bet, this is going to be the real Jim Carrey. And it was, and it was like the old Jim Carrey coming back. And I thought, okay, this is brilliant. This is a guy that's trying to normalize his career, look a little less eccentric. And I don't know, it worked for me. And I love the way that Sandberg handled it. Like sort of like we worship, we love you, but you have to get out of the movie star section and get over to TV. Yeah, and, and it w- went along with the joke. I, th- I thought it was great. I but it wasn't it was great. cruel in any way or anything. Everybody they kind of left with dignity intact, you know, despite a, a, a well-played joke. Yeah. And I think it solidified the theme of the night of we're going to keep this light and upbeat and we're going to quote unquote roast people when really we're trying to prove that we are not going to do that. Yeah. And in terms of the overall theme, they, it appeared that in the beginning, I thought it was going to go more along the lines of race, and we were going to hear a lot about diversity, but we didn't. A few of the presenters went there, but not Andy Samberg and, and Sandra Oh, though Sandra Oh obviously spent some time on it, but they didn't want to go deep, it seemed like. No, not I, I'd like uh, Sandra Oh's comment. I think it's now a t-shirt. You know, it's a privilege just to be Asian. You know, just yes. kind of a simple statement <laughs> yes, yes, <so laughs> of, of pride and identity. Now, who's the next person on your list? Is not The next person on my list is not a person. It's Netflix. I thought Netflix had just a fantastic evening. Um, I understood that allegedly they didn't put as much money into Golden Globes this year, sort of trying to win. And they Who hit it out of the that? Point. What publicist from Netflix said that they weren't putting a lot of money? <laughs> yeah, right, right. <laughs> after the fact. After they, like, yeah. <laughs> after they hit that superstar home run where all their original content was, you know, lauded as, you know, as brilliant programming, they, um, they we didn't even try. And uh, look how yeah, well. Oh, it just happened. Yeah, look at all of our great uh, programming. Speaking of, have you watched Bird Box? I have not watched Bird Box. Is it I possible you and I are the only two people that haven't seen Bird Box? It was brilliant to put it out right before Christmas. Um, so, you know, everybody loves Sandra Bullock. So, you know. So why not? Good entertainment yeah. for the whole family, but not our families, apparently. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Though I do think Netflix, uh, they have great programmers uh, on staff there because I feel that every December they try and have a create a cornerstone program that they know will get everyone binging 
around the time where everyone's sitting around anyway. And I thought of this first when Making a Murderer came out a number of years ago and everybody saw that program and they've been trying to come up with that winning hit for December. What's it going to be? And who knew it's Sandra Bullock and the bird box. <laughs> now I've got to finish watching Roma, which is great so far. It's just long. It's, it's wonderful. Oh, I gave it a couple minutes and I just, what I need to do is watch it when I've had caffeine. I think that's the problem. I'm just too old and tired. It's maybe over several nights, just like, you know, take it in pieces too, but the other way. <laughs> Take it in pieces. Okay, so rounding out my list for who had a great night was Carol Burnett. <gasps> what did you think of Carol Burnett? Oh, I just love her and I miss her when there's nothing like her on TV anymore. I felt really sad that we just don't have anybody who's doing comedy in such an authentic way. And, you know, she talked about the production values that she had then we don't have now. That's one, but it's actually her and her way of approaching people that I think we miss. She's just... She's national treasure. She really is. And I watched, I loved watching her, ex, not acceptance speech, but her, her thank you speech uh, for receiving this award. She was very gracious to Steve Carell, even though she didn't know. Again, they didn't rehearse it. They put, she didn't know where to stand. Did you notice that? So she was standing with her globe and then Steve Carell had to shoot her over. Uh, I felt bad for her there. That's lack of preparation. Um, but when she gave her the, you know, the acceptance speech, the thank you, is that she remarked how in, the industry has changed, like you said. And when they did show clips from the Carol Burnett show, which is a classic baby boomer Gen Xer show, it made me laugh seeing the Mrs. Howiggin speech with, uh, or a skit with Tim Conway. And the classic uh, Gone with the Wind where she comes down to Scarlett O'Hara wearing the curtains. And even though I wasn't watching the program with my teenagers, it did make me wonder if they would find humor in it nowadays. I don't know. I think, feel like so much of the comedy today, like, and now I'm going to sound ancient. Like, <laughs> it's so snarky and it's so hipper than now. And hers, you know, she was really like, you know, looking right at the camera, asking, taking questions from the audience that seemed not canned. Okay, now we're going to move into the the juicier section of the episode and that is who bottomed out like who had a rough night or whose publicist was working overtime last night at the globes so who would be your number one my number one pick is actually lady gaga the only person that took a hit in the monologue you recall for arguably a publicist mistake of having her hit the same kind of phrasing over and over and over again. And every okay. interview she did that 99 people don't have to believe in you until there's Bradley Cooper. And it became, you know, it, it was a, not even an inside joke. I mean, it was kind of all over that she just kept saying the same phrase over and over and over. Um, so that being highlighted in a monologue that was otherwise really fluffy and sweet to everybody. And then when she actually did win for best song and she went up and, um, uh, the executive actually like stole the microphone and spoke for quite a bit of time. Not that she looked pleased about it. Doesn't make her look very much in command. Um, and I just all in all, you know, she looked very much new to the acting industry, which you know she essentially is. Well, she is. I think uh, Gaga. Gaga is not on my list, but I feel like she tries too hard. <laughs> Don't you think she's not very natural up there? Like she, she seems like old school, you know, trying hard to, you know, hit her mark and hit her line. But because the, the night flows, like these award shows kind of flow and she's a very scripted person and you're right. Like, okay. And I'm one of the very few people on the planet that has not seen the movie. 
yet even without seeing the movie, I could tell that that was a line in the movie that we had to know about. And she wanted to get that 99 phraseology out there as often as she could. Not to keep going on and on about Lady Gaga, but I thought uh, she's very emotive as well. She's the only one that cried when they mm-hmm. got an award. Did I miss anyone else? She's Glenn Close like, got teary, but in a... Oh, you know. justify. Okay, I'm going to say justify. Maybe when you're in that lead actor category and you're genuinely stunned. But Lady Gaga, I don't feel should have been stunned. Wasn't shallow. Yeah. Like a slam dunk. Pretty much. I, yeah. Yeah. So it would I have been she, shocking if it hadn't. Right. Yeah. So I think she turned it on a little. Okay. So that was your choice. So mine is going, my, my number one is, well, here's an interesting one, is... And you may not even know the reason why. I'm going to say Kristen Bell. When I say that, when I say that name from last night, does that resonate at all as to why she had a rough night? It does not. I'm a big uh, The Good Place fan. So um, I'm a, you know. And The Good Place, was that nominated? Is that why she was there? Yes. As far as I know, there may have been other reasons. um, But as far as I know, that's. Was the program or her as an actress, do you know? I think she was nominated as an actress and the program was um, nominated as a, ser- a comedic series. Okay. So Kristen Bell, uh, I would not ever take notice of Chris- Kristen Bell, but I did notice her when I was suffering through the E! Entertainment pre-Golden Globes broadcast, their red carpet broadcast. And I noticed when they took a shot, when they, when they honed in on Dax Shepard coming out of the limo with his wife, Kristen Bell, he bounded out of that limo and he was almost jumping in the air and had this really excited look like, we, I'm here at the Golden Globes. And the very cynical gossip person in me said, okay, he is turning on his smiles because he is covering up for the alleged indiscretion that he had. Now, did you hear about that? I did. And I, I, probably naively, I bought his explanation that, you know, they said these are old pictures and the same um, allegation was made against several other people in Hollywood by the same accuser. And so maybe, I, you know, do you think? Well, I- for anyone that hasn't, that isn't familiar with it. So the accuser has an excellent uh, sense of timing because she is the granddaughter of uh, Julie Andrews. Who, who now I have to say wisely, like did not choose to be in Mary Poppins. And I thought that was odd at the time, but then Mary Poppins kind of has gone off the radar a little, like they didn't have a good night. Made a big splash and then petered out. People aren't loving it. Yeah, I was, that really, really surprised me. So it does make me wonder the conspiracy theorist in me, like, was there, did she deliberately do this? But the, uh, the alleged, uh, paramour of Dak Shepard came out in December. So right in the ramp up of when things are starting to heat up before the Golden Globes and the Oscars claiming that they had a relationship while he and Kristen Bell were dating, not married, but when they were dating and when, when I saw that story come across, when I was reading it online, it's, I almost set my watch to, to wait for the Dax Shepard response, how quickly it would happen and what it would be. Do you remember what the Dax response was? The Dax well, it, was, it came out very quickly afterward that he mm-hmm. said that those were very old pictures, five years prior or something, and that the same accuser had accused many other people um, in Hollywood of certain prominence. And it seemed to me that it fell off the radar screen after that, and maybe that is that effective 
publicity? Yeah, and I think that was smart, even though I believe that it happened. But I, I, you know, him tying in the other paramours, the other people that she had relationships, I thought was pretty savvy. That's a that's a savvy PR person behind it. But back to Kristen Bell, what the reason why I think her publicist was working overtime is when when Dak Shepard bounded out of the car. That absolutely confirmed that the that the relationship was true. <laughs> like everything, all the work his publicists did, I said that guy's guilty. That is the that <laughs> guilty person looks like coming out of the car. And then when you look at Kristen Bell, she is as frozen as the characters in Frozen. I'm I mean, frozen. She, she was <laughs> ice cold. And did you notice that, like in the telecast at all, that she? <laughs> Yes, she seemed very reserved. I don't know if she had, you know, maybe she had prior intel that somehow this wasn't going to be a night for the good place. For the good place. A, a bad night. It's a wonderful show. But I think it ended up being a bad place for Kristen to be with her husband, Max, <laughs> because she still looked awfully pissed at her husband. Every time, and also whenever there was a cutaway on her, her face was stone. So then I was spending too much time wondering, is she deliberately doing this or are they really trying to catch her off guard? Because the timing, the timing of the, indiscre- the indiscretion could not have been worse. That's, uh, that's, that's very good insight. Yeah. So that, so that's why I think the Kristen Bell, Dak Shepard team, uh, they were working overtime. So that's why they made my list. Okay. Who's next on your list? Next on my list is Vice. Um, I know Christian Bale uh, obviously won in uh, the acting category and did a phenomenal job in the movie. I mean, uh, incredible. Um, the, that the movie was And the voice, uh, unbelievable. But A, clearly the Hollywood Foreign Press chose as their um, sorry, America bashing <laughs> movie <laughs> this year, really highlighting the, you know, the racism and lack of education in, in America. This year was not uh, was not vice. They actually they chose Green Room, as sort of their as their their pick in that category. She highlighted, <laughs> uh, yeah, a different bad time in American history. Yes, <laughs> yeah, right. Um, and I didn't think Christian Bale necessarily did the film any favors by you know thanking Satan for inspiring his performance. Not because that's not a funny line, because it is, but it certainly doesn't expand the audience um, for the for the movie. They've they've already got captured. That, that block that thinks <laughs> Satan was in the vice presidency. Maybe it was. Yeah. Uh, and- and I, th- I agree with you. I, I had on my list uh, Christian Bale. I mean, not the movie itself, but I had Christian Bale because I think he was a shoe-in. That was an amazing film. It was, as far as biopics go, it, he nailed, I mean, uh, Dick Cheney in his portrayal of him. And then I will say it was, you know, it was definitely a hatchet job against Dick Cheney. There's no doubt about it. But I was thinking if I were a publicist sitting down with, if I were Christian Bale's publicist, I would tell him to, in that acceptance speech is to soften the edges because the movie itself was very incendiary anyway. Like he didn't need to come out guns blazing uh, in his acceptance speech. And he did. So that's what surprised me. And he almost knew he was going to. Like, my wife said, bless is more, and sit, stand up and sit down. And they still couldn't stop themselves. <laughs> yeah, that was a good point about the wife. And I think, yes, if the Church of Satan is congratulating you in a tweet <laughs> after your stockpile of Twitter. <laughs> yes, that you, are, you have definitely gone off message. And, I, yeah, he did. I, I thought his edges were a little too sharp for that speech because I, I in, the, in the beginning, I, didn't he – 
he make a, a dig at Mitch McConnell? I think right away he said something about Mitch McConnell. Somebody is bland. That'll be his next character that has no charisma. It's going to have yeah. to be Mitch McConnell. It's totally gratuitous, unnecessary. Comic, and it was. Really. And, I, and I think, correct me if I'm wrong, was this the only point in the broadcast where someone mentioned something political? Because no one mentioned President Trump, correct? No, not, I did not hear his name. Yeah, and he did. I can't think of anything political that was brought up. Even um, immigration issues weren't particularly brought up that I can think of. I mean, I'm sure some some, are disappointed at the the platform, the use of the platform. There was some memo that went out to all the publicists um, at the Globes. You know, this is going to be the apolitical. Uh, Golden Globes. So don't have your clients prepare their speeches about, you know, any anti-Trump speeches. They didn't want to be political. Christian Bale did not get that memo, um, but it could be because he is foreign. He's most people it, it, looking at Twitter. Most people were surprised to hear his accent. Did you, you knew he was not. American. I did, but I only found that out recently that, and uh, I'm just blown away by what a great actor he is, how he, you know, how he changes his voice. And oh yeah. Day. Yeah. He's he's exceptional. And I think part of the Christian Bale brand is to be off balance. Like you never know what you're going to get. You never know which Christian you're going to get. And it works for him. Not that it can work for a lot of actors, but it, it works well for him. But then that was the second piece that landed him on the list was the the accent when he was when during his acceptance speech. What did he you found think? it off putting that it was kind of well, I think he was trying too hard. I, you know, he, I, maybe, I thought, no, nah, it seemed a little too cliche that he would, he would put on, turn on the accent to remind <laughs> voters that, oh, by the way, I'm not from Wyoming and I don't yeah. have Wyoming accent. Um, but he's Welsh. And if you were to ever watch uh, previous interviews with him, which of course I Googled as soon as he, got, as soon as he talked to him, wait a minute, this doesn't sound like the real Christian Bale. Cause he sounded part Scottish, part like Oliver Twist. I mean, he was just really too. I couldn't place. Yeah. Couldn't place yeah. the country that was supposed to be. On a map. Yeah. You could not find the place where the Christian Bale. So that, yeah, that would have been put upon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Accent originated from. Yeah. So I thought, uh, yeah, Christian Bale, I thought put his, I, I don't know if that, if it's going to affect his chances in the Oscars. I, I don't think the speech helped him. Didn't help. Certainly didn't help. I don't think. Yeah. But, yeah. but it also gave Liz Cheney, the Congresswoman, you know, came out today and gave out a little. She did. What did she, she say? Did. She said um, maybe Satan also influenced Christian Bale when he um, was accused of beating his wife. And I believe oh. that might be not the exact phraseology, but there was an incident of domestic violence that he was charged with that I think involved both his wife and his mother-in-law. But um, so she got she got her licks in today. And that is not helpful for Christian Bale at all. Well, I don't know if that's helpful for Liz Cheney. Oh, well, yeah. I, wow, that no, is... No, why keep the story going of your father being compared to Satan? Sure. <laughs> oh, my God. Exactly. And I came away from Vice thinking that Lynn Cheney, she's pretty, a lot savvier than I think people gave her credit for. Oh, sure enough, Liz Cheney slams Christian Bale for Golden Globes. Oh, no, no, no. It's, it's the... Okay, I'm sorry. I'm mistaken. this. It's the daughter that said it. Liz, the daughter. Yes, Liz, the daughter, who's the congresswoman from Wyoming now. Yes. Okay, now that makes sense because she does come out with, with uh, yeah, so she recently said some other things post-Vice. Post so now this makes sense. Oh, I thought it was Dick Cheney's wife. No. No, uh, the congresswoman. Yes. Okay, it's the daughter, which is yeah. a whole other thing when they, uh, the daughters in the Vice movie, they, they made a statement saying that they're not speaking to each other. 
because mm-hmm. she ran on the platform of, of you know, pro-family and the other Cheney um, is homosexual. Yeah. And they claim they don't speak to each other, but I think they do. Yeah. But they also, they got in some squabble on Facebook, apparently, too, which seems like really bad judgment all around. But I don't know, see, but now... But that's 2020 20 hindsight. That's, social, that's, that's the social media age. People make, you know... True, but after this movie, I think the Cheneys, you can expect anything from them. It could be part of the Cheney machine. Dick could be behind, you know, they could all be sitting down Christmas dinner together, having a great time laughing about it. Right, we've right. orchestrated this with my new heart, my five heart attack, my new heart <laughs> six years into the new heart. <laughs> exactly. Okay, so who did you have so far on your, on your bottom picks? Well, I had Lady Gaga, Vice, and then, you know, you already touched actually on my third pick, which was the American public for not having Carol Burnett around because, or her oh. spirit of authenticity and any, you know, we just don't, you just don't see it anymore in American comedy. So that was my third pick for, um, for disappointment of the night. Oh, yes. Yeah, so the American public loses by not having more Carol Burnett and more like Carol Burnett or the spirit of Carol Burnett. Oh, that's true. But, you know, certainly the passage of Carol Burnett's time on television was certainly marked for me last night when she was on stage and late into her into her speech, she recognized uh, Lyle Wagner and Tim Conway and Harvey Corman, And you could see the cameras furiously moving around <laughs> the room <laughs> trying to find. And, you know, there's some young millennial camera person. <laughs> Where's Lyle Wagner sitting? Where, where, where's Tim Conway? They just focused on Alan Arkin. Just Alan knows who we're talking Yeah, exactly. And they ended up on William S. Macy at one point and then Henry like Winkler, which, yeah. which made sense back. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, no, that, that is a good one. That is true. It, you can certainly see how time has marched on. My, uh, my last pick is the person who I think overall had the worst night at the at the Golden Globes from a public opinion perspective, and that was Chrissy Metz. Oh, do you know that name? I do. I watched This Is Us, so I'm familiar with her and her very sweet character on the show. Yeah, so she plays the character of Kate. She's one of the triplets, and she, I think, from a brand point of view, what do we think? Public opinion that it's everybody loves everyone from the cast of This Is Us, correct? Yeah, they seem. Yeah, absolutely. They've all got lovely public personalities that have been polished by excellent publicists. Yeah, (laughs) and then. But in the case, yes, so last night, so very early into the into the evening, um, before the broadcast even started, Chrissy Metz was giving an interview to one of these uh, e-entertainment also rants. I mean, pe- two people that I have never heard of before were... <laughs> They were they in the in the uh, in the pre-show of the Golden Globes, and she was caught saying uh, that when they were trying to they were trying to make an awkward cut. Uh, the the person's name is AJ Gibson. We've never heard of his name. We may never hear it again. But he's getting all the press in the world uh, today. Is when he asked Mets about Allison Bree, and I think that there is a rule book for people that do interviews: is you never throw a guest off. Like off their game by just uh, something that's open-ended. And Chrissy Metz, um, her face, did you see the clip? Yes, but but it wasn't entirely audible what I saw. I think it was uh, after the fact. So please go on. Okay, well, I'm going to play the clip right now. Do you know a girl named Allison Brie? Do I? Well, I hear she's at the other end of the carpet. Oh. Let's go see Allison Brie. I'm like, do I? She's such a baby. 
at the the Golden Globes pre-show, so when Chrissy Metz had called her uh, a bitch, and we we heard that she did, she tweeted out at some point during the telecast, I adore Allison and would never say a bad word about her or anyone. I sure hope she knows my heart. Now, do you believe that came from Chrissy Metz sitting at the table with her This Is Us co-stars? Oh, goodness, no, no, no. I assume that's publicists working overtime. Yes. And I think it's a young, a young publicist because there are two explanation points in the tweet. And, <laughs> and the other reason is correct grammar. She has a comma. She also knows that Allison is spelled with one L where if she were, you know, very quickly ripping off this tweet that she might mistake that. So that's another tell for me. I sure hope she knows my heart. I don't know. That's like another tell to me that she, that she did it and she knows she did it. Okay, so to bring on the conspiracy uh, even further is that the the Chrissy Metz publicist team working with NBC, so NBC is broadcasting the Golden Globes. They know that this is bad for one of their cornerstone programs, This Is Us. NBC does not have a lot of nominations in the Golden Globe. All they have are the Golden Globes. And now they have Andy Samberg, who's, they're bringing back his, his program. But we cannot tarnish our golden child, you know, or This Is Us. So I did notice that, so Us Magazine had a link to, to the video clip, and that's what Chrissy Metz's publicist used for the response. Us Magazine pulled that tweet immediately, so you can't see that anymore. So Chrissy Metz is replying to a tweet that's no longer available. But here is the best part. The next day, um, Al, they're now saying that Chrissy Metz did not call her a bitch, but a babe. Oh. So now <laughs> they're changing the whole story. Hmm. So is that, like in All the President's Men, a non-denial denial? denial? <laughs> <laughs> I think that they're, I think they're, they're, they're letting it live too long, probably, too, by each of these twists, especially if, if there's actual audio out there, the truth will out. You know what I mean? In the end, just 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 let it die. And like they can both just say we're the best of friends and let it go. But if you keep trying to manipulate words, you're gonna hang yourself. Oh, absolutely. Just make it live forever. Absolutely. And what you cannot do in this day and age is you the videos don't lie. Videos don't lie. Yeah. They don't. And she already made a statement, she has to stick with it. So that's why poor Chrissy Metz is my choice for the overall person who had a bad night and whose yeah. publicist had a horrendous night. Yeah. Went in with a fine reputation. With a very much damaged one. Okay. Now, thank you for your list. That's good. I think we kind of, we matched it well. What do you think, as we end the episode here, what do you think last night's telecast does for the Oscars? Do you think it's, do you think there's an Oscar war room happening right now where all the producers are together trying to figure out one, who is our host? What's our theme? What are we going to do? What do you think? Well, I think they probably want to get a barometer on how this was received, this sort of fuzzier night of kind of warm feelings and no politics and really even, if anything, pumping up the egos of our, our, yes. the egos of our stars. Mm-hmm. Um, the anti-roast. That went well. People, at least right now in this day and age, this year, I think that worked. I mean, so I think we're not going to see a Kevin Hart or anybody who's going to be a little bit edgy at the Oscars. And I wonder, 
they're going to go back to that idea of having a hostless Oscar because the host controls so much of the tenor of any show. Oh, absolutely. And Andy Samberg and Sandra O oh set the tone right off the gate. So we knew it was going to be safe and everything. And it was the, the only bromides we heard were, we're going to keep it light. We're going to keep it fun. And now all of the Oscar producers are thinking, okay, who can we bring in that's like Tom Hanks, but not Tom Hanks. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. They're trying yeah. to find someone like that. Now the Kevin Hart <laughs> piece is interesting because Kevin Hart, who was going to host the Oscars and then the Oscars failed to scrub the, or Kevin Hart failed to scrub his, his Twitters, his Twitters, his tweets from the past where he made homophobic comments, I believe yeah. in the past. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So then he had to step down as host. And what I thought was interesting in this past week is Ellen DeGeneres sat down with Kevin Hart and Ellen DeGeneres was now the vehicle that I think was there set in place to try and lull Kevin Hart to come back on and allow the public to embrace the idea of Kevin Hart again. Right. And they're probably gauging the response to that sort of, you know, whether or not people said, yes, yes, we've been too hard on Kevin Hart, but I didn't sense that. I think it was... Did you watch? I mean, did you hear it, the buzz about that with Ellen? Yeah, that that yeah, she had said you were treated harshly, essentially, and that um, yeah, but there wasn't a resounding public fervor to get Kevin Hart back in the back in the mix. Yeah, I agree. I thought that that was definitely phase one, a very detailed public relations plan to get Kevin Hart back into the mix because they didn't have anyone, um, and Kevin Mar Hart agreed to it. But then at some point in last night's Golden Globes. Uh, broadcast, he, I believe, tweeted or sent out a statement stating that he was no longer going to be the host or considered mm -hmm. being the host. I feel a little bad for the guy in that, you know, we're holding everybody to these modern standards. And it's like six years ago, this is the peril of social media and just like being able to res resurrect any comment from the last 15 years now. And Right. It's a lesson learned for everyone that you do. You do need to scrub your social media because it, it absolutely will come back. It will come back to haunt you. Or, or last night could have been like the Friday of public relations when you, when you send out the news you don't want anyone, you know, the garbage day is you throw out the garbage on Fridays and that's when you send out the press releases that no one wants. <laughs> Maybe he did that so no one would notice that he stepped out of the Oscars. Ah, very interesting. Uh, I don't know. Who knows? I don't know. So who would be uh, your pick to host? Who would you like to see host the Oscars? Oh, I don't. Well, I, I'm so cynical against these people. I don't want it. I don't want to watch anyone because they all bother me. I don't think anyone is truly that entertaining. And even an example of someone that I loved last night, I don't think did very well. It's like Maya, An uh, I was going to call her Maya Angelou, Maya Rudolph <laughs> and Amy Poehler. They were on, they were probably number four on my list of last night where I think they went down a bit. What do you think? I, I love them both. I've been so, I mean, the funniest thing Maya Rudolph said when she was, when she got on stage and she said, thanks, Bill. Like when they yeah. made each other false name, you know, that was cute, but the bits didn't land with me. And I love Amy Poehler and Maya Rudolph. I think they're so talented, but that didn't work. And they, they took too long. They were, yeah, they took too long. Yeah. The first couple minutes, I think it worked, but it's almost as if that humor, because it was snarky, was no longer of its time. Yeah, they were that that bit that they were the proposal. Yes, which was an allusion to the proposal and past. Which broadcast. I think was on a was it an Emmy production or 
I thought it was the Oscars, but I, I don't, I'm not Oscars sure. Oscars or Emmys, but it was a producer, correct? That, yes. That proposed to his longtime girlfriend. And though you and I are not Hollywood insiders, we can assume from the Polar Rudolph sketch that he's probably wasn't a well-liked person in Hollywood. Something like that. <laughs> they were mocking. It was very inside <laughs> baseball in terms of the joke. Right. But it did go on. Yeah, definitely went on too long. So I think they were, they came out a little damaged last night. Yeah, they weren't. Yeah, certainly yeah. didn't didn't. Yeah, polish the brand at all. Yeah, but we could be wrong. I mean, they could be announced as the Oscar hosts later on this afternoon. For all we know, <laughs> I did love what Tina Fey and Amy Poehler were together. I thought that was pretty brilliant. They're a pretty brilliant combination. I'd love to see that. I mean, I'd love to see it. Steve Carell. I think would be great. You know, if he after Marwin's not going anywhere, so maybe he needs to get a yeah. little. Bit <laughs> oh, I never saw that movie. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think there's anyone that wants to put themselves out there like that unless unless there's some person, some dark horse out there that saw Andy Samberg and Sandra O oh and said, Oh, I can be a nice guy, nice gal, just light and happy. So maybe if they find that one brand or duo, or and if they and if they don't and no one bites, then it will be hostless. That's what I think. What do you think? I could I think uh, hostless is a good bet, you know. All right. Well, Mary, thank you so much for giving me uh, your take on the Golden Globes. It's so much, it's a lot more fun to do it with someone else. Thank you so much for that. This was a great time. I appreciate it. Yeah. Now we are going to do this again for the Oscars. So we're going to watch the Oscars and then we are also going to come up with, we will, we will touch base two to find out if we are correct on our picks for who the host will be or if it will be hostess hostess less and then uh, we will do our top and bottom picks for who had a good night by staying on message or who had a not so good night by going far off message i look forward to it this was great fun and it's so good to see you great seeing you i can see you (laughs) (laughs) i see you isn't that what sandra o said i see you i see see you. you Thanks for listening to episode 10 of the Confident Communications Podcast. I look forward to speaking with you again next week. I'm Mrs. Maisel. Thank you and good night. <laughs>